0: Welcome to DBP, the Drunk Bitches Podcast. I'm Jamie. And I'm Sarah. Each episode, we pair a wine with a topic where you get more lip with
1: each sip. So let's get started. But first, pass the wine, bitch.
0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to the DBP centennial episode. This is our 100th episode. I can't even believe that. I cannot believe it. Yes, it's so, it's been a wild ride and we have learned, I think, a lot. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, tons. And we've had a lot of fun along the way. Yes, yes. Uh,
1: and I feel like we need to celebrate by drinking something amazing. What are we drinking? We are drinking uh, a Joseph Phelps Sauvignon Blanc 2017 and we're going to hope that it's still good. I'm sure it is because Savien Blanc usually shouldn't age for more than two years. But we got this um, not even a
0: year ago. It was delicious when we had it yes. in Napa last year. We each have a bottle from our trip. And so we thought this was like the perfect thing to drink for our centennial as we reflect on 100 episodes past. So shall we Very open? Ex- We
1: should. And I'm just going to reflect a little bit on our trip. Our first DBP wine trip, hopefully not the last. <laughs> with this, all this clears up. With, a, with the, all this clears up, right? Um, and we did the terrace tasting at Joseph okay. Phelps Vin, uh, Winery. And it was so, such an amazing experience. It was so beautiful. Um, Jamie's ahead of me in the opening game. A little bit. Um, I had a squeaky
0: cork too, though. So at least yeah. we both had that. But yeah, it was one of the highlights of our trip, I would say, don't you think? Joseph Phelps, I, yeah. so yeah, I would say that this was de- definitely, that winery was one of the highlights and also one of the last stops that we made yep. before we headed back home. The views were breathtaking. The site itself is just gorgeous. And there is a lot of history there. It's very, it's very unique. But one of the things that I loved the most, Sarah, do you remember this? When we walked in and we walked throughout and there was like, it was where they had the really big, I think they're punchins. I don't remember. Oh yeah. But the huge things. they have all of these bottles like from the last like 50 years, not Joseph Phelps, but like well-regarded wines. And so you just kind of, Saw, some of like the- what they all drank i mean and kind of what inspired their wine making a lot of french wines so i think it was some of joseph phelps favorite wines that were up there too
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah right, you and got yours open you got yours poured it smells really good so i am going I to feel eat. like it doesn't smell like a sauvignon blanc but let's cheers cheers <laughs> does it almost smell riesling-ish let me give this puppy a swirl it's way more golden than i expected that might be the age. Well, that's true. White wines, when they age, they get more golden. Yep. As opposed to red wines, when they age, they become more orangey. They lose color And white wines gain. I feel like I'm smelling like sweet melon and- yes, that is it. Yeah. That's it. So I'm thrown off because I'm expecting more citrus stuff. Yeah. This is melon. This is melon. This is, it's a little more subtle.
1: There's a little grass in here, which you would expect from a Sauvignon Blanc. Um, little
0: hay. You taste it. It's so good. It's so good. Oh, yeah. I think I'm getting some of the citrus on um, the flavor, on the palate. You were 100% right. You have that sweet melon, slightly cantaloupe on the nose. Yeah. Are you getting a little candied lemon on the taste? Just a on the tiny taste, bit. Well, yeah. that's the thing. I actually just smelled it, and then I wanted to change my mind and thought I did smell some, pick up some lemon notes, but... It's good. <laughs> <laughs> and we're we're not major... White wine drinkers. Mm -mm. So I guess I'll say this too, as we get into this, and we'll talk a little bit more about Joseph Phelps and this particular wine, but what we're going to do today is just reflect on the past hundred episodes, talk a little bit about some of like, what are some of our top wines that we had? I think that we all know and expect Gamba's Infantile to be on the top of the ladder there because that was our only unicorn wine in the past hundred episodes, but what else did we really enjoy? We'll also talk a little bit about what were we like really reluctant to try anything that was maybe pleasantly surprised us because we went into it with a really.
1: <laughs> well, and how have our tastes changed since
0: we've drank. Yes. And so that's much the wine. Thing. I mean, a hundred episodes, a hundred plus wines just, just for the recordings themselves, not to mention the other wines that we've drank over the over the couple of years. So yeah. just so you guys, DB peeps, know what you're sitting in for, uh, and hopefully you'll enjoy it. And hopefully if you are new to listening, this episode will kind of point you to a few different episodes that you maybe want to tune into uh, in the next coming weeks or days ahead. So we talked about like the experience, what it looked like at Joseph Phelps, but Joseph Phelps has a little bit of a history, right?
1: Yeah. So Joseph Phelps is a person. Obviously, he started Hopefully. the winery in 1973. It is he's since passed, but now it is run by his son and grandson, who I believe is actually taking over. I th- we actually saw him at the winery.
0: Yes, we did.
1: Um, we yeah. tried to take
0: a really stalkerish photo with him too. In we the did. Background, but yeah, it was not very successful.
1: So it's still a family run business, which is nice to see because some wineries in California and Napa have been taken over by the big label corporations mm-hmm. and this hasn't happened with Joseph Phelps. So nice to see. Um, he actually created his Insignia blend in 1974, mm. which was California's first proprietary Bordeaux style blend. Until this day, it's like his flagship wine um it's very expensive it is very delicious wait are you wondering how expensive
0: a couple hundred dollars 250 280 or upwards of 300 yes it's very expensive actually i take that back i think it's under 300 i think opus one is over 300 okay i have actually debated purchasing insignia multiple times I, i know i was there
1: I was present for that debate. But since then, I am still (laughs) debated this. This has been like, Jamie, do you dare? Do you dare do it? Um, Anyway, so when when you think of like big Napa wines that people know, I mean, Joseph Phelps is definitely one of them, especially Insignia. Today, they have over 425 acres of vineyards all over Napa. His first property in 1973 was actually well over 600 acres it was more lands than he intended to develop it was a cattle farm Mm -hmm. very hilly golden valleys and he his quotation marks when you get on the website first thing he said is not a grape on the property but lots of nice looking cattle so that's how they started the winery um it's a cattle farm um they do practice sustainable farming so i don't know if you remember this jamie but they did talk about that when we were there like they don't use any pesticides. Um, they they use uh, certain insects that help with getting rid of you know bad things for grapes. Yeah,
0: yeah. They had a lot of like cover crops. Didn't we see some turkeys? We yep, we did. We saw some turkeys. They have a lot of deer that roam. Um, yeah, I thought he said that. I mean, they have a lot of wildlife that roam the property, and it's something that certainly they don't want. Oh, what else I remember is that they also tend to use the wildlife, when they start to notice that the wildlife's eating the grapes, then they know that it's time to harvest. Yep, yep. Um, Because, you know, the birds are not going to take the berries if it's not good. And I think it was something like, I think the deer prefer the red, but I can't remember if it was that they only eat them when they're unripe. They really pay attention to what these animals are doing on their property, which to me, I'm like, oh, that's cute, and from like perched up high from the terrace, like certainly you could see beautiful. where the animals are. Yeah, so. um,
1: they also have owl and bluebird boxes in all their vineyards oh. to provide housing to birds that naturally limit pests and rodents. Nice. So that's kind of cool. Um, they compost their grape skins and stems from harvest, um, and then then use that to add to the vineyard for nutrients. Um, and they have solar panels. On their winery for energy they have Mm -hmm. um, in St. Helena they have a ranch that has olive trees and fruit trees um, to enhance biodiversity so I mean they're really taking care of the land and also even they have fish friendly farming so I mean even the ocean so yeah so there you go and third generation going on strong it is an unbelievably beautiful winery
0: Oh my god, it's um, fantastic. It's
1: it's breathtaking. It's just unreal. And they I, have
0: they have a really good variety of wines too. I mean, yeah. And because like you said they have 425 acres all over Napa, that all yeah. over Napa is really kind of important because you can get different flavors from the different soils, from the exactly. different macro climates in there. And I think that many can many wine drinkers can tend to underappreciate that nuance, but what they have is very vineyard-specific wines that they sell, and damn, they are, they're good. They're good. Yeah.
1: They also sell olive oil, so that must oh, be from so their olive sense. trees. Yeah. yeah. So there you go about Joseph Phelps. Highly recommend going, guys, if you are, um, you know, oh, man, after COVID, if you can get there.
0: If you can, <laughs> definitely. It is a little bit more expensive in terms of the tastings than but some of the so other But it's so – worth it even just for the experience
1: I know we were debating it in the beginning like should we I think it was like 80 ish or something like that for the tasting but like just to be there it's just worth it
0: it was great and then the other thing too about it um and I mean certainly you can show up and just like purchase a bottle I think I don't know if you can just go in and purchase like a couple tastings like other locations like other vineyards But the other thing too is that I think we also helped to justify it because when we went, we also had that priority wine pass, which gave us a lot of like two for one deals. And sometimes like if you use the priority wine pass, they had like a couple extra pours for you at other locations, like other, God, I keep saying that. I mean, other vineyards Yeah, Um, that helped to cut some of the costs that we had anticipated too. And so it helped us feel a little bit better about splurging a little bit, you know, at least to go to this one. I do think it, it kind of is fun to go see from like a very small, tiny winery mm-hmm. that you can do a tasting at to like a medium-sized one to like, you know, world-renowned one and just kind of seeing the difference there in terms of, you know, the information that you get, the wines that you have, the practices and things like that. It's very cool to kind of sample a little bit across all of them. Yeah. So this particular wine, the 2017 Sauvignon Blanc that we've got here, uh, this is 100% Sauvignon Blanc. Now, in order to, oh God, I'm going to mess this up and I should totally know it. But I believe in order to have the grape on the label, it has to be 75% of that grape. So this is telling us it is 100%, which is a big deal. It is estate grown from the Home Ranch Vineyard in St. Helena. It was harvested over a 10-day period, picked at dawn and held overnight in cold storage before pressing it to the barrel for native yeast fermentation. So, sounds like they don't add any extra yeast to begin that inoculation process. It's aged in oak, 30% new, and then 70% in once-used French oak puncheons. So, that once used means that we've kind of like stripped off some of that extra flavor that the oak can tend to impart. So, it's not going to do too much to the wine. Right. So, it's a light oak influence. The lees were stirred, which, if you guys have never seen a video of that, you need to YouTube it. It's called (laughs) Batonnage, and it's just like the coolest looking thing. It's like this whole beautiful, like amber liquid. And then all of a sudden, you see them sicken like this. Baton or whatever, and they just start to stir it up, and the whole thing becomes cloudy, and it's almost like watching a tornado inside of a barrel. It's very good. Cool. That is super cool. So, that is really fun to learn if you want to geek out for, you know, 20 seconds. So, yeah, that's kind of it. Do we want to talk about the winemaker notes or do we want to? I feel like we should get into like some of this 100th episode. So, Centennial, girl. Can you believe it? I cannot. <laughs> I cannot. So many wines, <laughs> so little. So time.
1: many wines, so little so, time. And this is this is
0: actually um, when this is being released. It's a week after International Sauvignon Blanc Day, so yep. we're sorry that we had to skip it. But we felt that this wine was so important to have for our hundredth episode that we didn't want to mess things up. Mm-hmm. So happy belated International Sauvignon Blanc Day! It is the first Friday of every month. I'm sorry. It's the first Friday of every May, every year.
1: It's the first Friday of every month in, in our book. Right. I mean,
0: yeah. Let's do it. I don't tend to drink that much Sauvignon Blanc, but okay. Let's start off with the basic stuff. Sarah, Okay. do you think that our level of wine knowledge has grown since we began the podcast, or or do you think that the things that we're finding out for each episode – um, in terms of the wine information, do you think that we are just kind of confirming what we've already known?
1: I feel like the first year we learned a ton, and mm-hmm. now we're kind of confirming a lot of what we know. And also, I think that we're learning more about like specific regions or techniques that maybe we weren't sure about. I think mm-hmm. we're finding we're learning more about that stuff. But like yeah. some of us is like also like a, like we know it and then we remind ourselves. And I think it's nice. To have someone who we've learned this stuff together, where we're like, oh, but you remember this, but you remember that. And so, like, you know, it's it's like, I'm saying like a lot. It is really fun to have a wine partner in crime where it's almost like someone that you know has your taste memory with you. That yes. you can be like, We know we liked this wine. And I have to say that I don't think there has been a wine in our hundred episodes that we have really argued about a rating. Oh, that has not happened.
0: Oh, that's true. Normally, if we if we have to like debate a rating, it's by like a 0. 0.5.
1: Yeah. Like that's we it. are usually our tastes I feel like are like very similar and have mm-hmm. grown together and so like it is pretty I would say reliant that if I like a wine that Jamie's going to like it
0: and vice versa.
1: Besides
0: yeah. sparkling because I just don't do that. I know you but, don't. I
1: I know you don't.
0: I got to admit, I don't really like sherry. It's only that one time. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing I said. I think you said it great, but I want to dive in a little bit deeper. So it's amazing and wonderful that you can have someone who you share that wine experience with because I think it makes it that much more memorable. When we go to tastings or if we're sharing a bottle and we're doing something – I don't know, in particular, like, I just know that I could be like, wait, this is from that one South African tasting, or this was from that one, that Argyle tasting. Like, do you remember this Chardonnay though? Or do you remember this Pinot? Mm-hmm. And that's how like you remember it better because you actually yeah. have that other person there. Maybe you had, like, we're having a certain conversation over that glass of wine. It just makes it more memorable than say, sitting by myself, popping a bottle and, you know, thinking about it for a little bit, but not really doing a whole lot
1: otherwise yeah know? and then we have a conversation about it like for example this joseph phelps wine. like i actually remember sitting there talking about this and so like <laughs> you know it, you kind of bring that back as, whereas like you said if you're drinking a bottle alone you just don't have that kind of memory tied to it and right and that person where you're like okay well what do we like about this what do we don't and that type of thing and so like as jamie and i have looked through these and we'll kind of get to like which wines we find to be our favorites. I mean, I would say that we can go think back, and I can I can mention a wine to, to Jamie, and she's gonna know exactly what I'm talking about, and if we liked it or if we didn't. Like we're pretty good about that. Like did, were we expecting to like it or not, and then what was the impression after? And so I think that's a lot of fun, and I you definitely don't need a podcast to have a wine no. partner like this. But I feel like we were wine you know, partners long before the podcast. Exactly. Exactly. I hope that all of you listeners have somebody that you can wine commiserate with because it really does make the experience so much more enjoyable. It's very enriching that way, for sure. Yeah, this way. And Miss Jamie has, you know, gone even one step further with getting certified and continuing to work on that.
0: Yeah, I actually, so it's funny because I just like whipped out my book too. There's always more to learn. Oh, there's
1: so much to learn. And, you know, we have to sometimes remind each other or check ourselves and that kind of thing. Because it...
0: Oh, I definitely misstated things
1: before. (laughs) Forgetting all that. It's just really nice to have someone where you know you've drank that wine and you can tie it back to a memory, a conversation, and whether or not we liked it. Because I cannot remember... I cannot recall even past the hundred episodes of any experience where Jamie and I have drank a wine together and where she has loved it or I have hated it or vice versa. It has, I don't think that's ever happened to be honest with you, which is pretty remarkable given that like
0: taste is subjective. Now I'm wondering if you're like jinxing us (laughs) 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 in like the next episode, we're going to be like, I'm going to love it and you're going to hate it. Or it's going to be like, you know, like hot and cold, right? Um, yeah, we'll see. I, I don't we'll know. See. I don't
1: foresee that happening. But you're I right. Mean, probably not.
0: Be. But you know, I, we'll see. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so our knowledge has changed a bit. It's increased. But do you think that, like, has your taste changed? I think so. Don't like, you? I mean, I feel well, like yeah. We, I mean, we both were anti Riesling, and then we loved it. Oh my um, god, that was like mind blowing to me. Yeah. Mind-blowing, um, life-altering, I'll say.
1: I used to be more into cabs. I feel like I've gotten away from that a little bit. Do you ever um, really
0: drink cabs anymore?
1: I really I, – like, I have cab. Yeah, yeah. But, like, do I gravitate towards a cab like I used to? No. You know, I had my pinot kick for a long time. I still love my pinot. Oregon pinot.
0: Mm, clarify, um, it's clar- sure. Good
1: clarification. Not California pinot. No offense california there are probably some good ones yes there are yeah there there are but across like the board recent one was not
0: terrible right
1: ghostwriter was good i have to give it that and i think mm-hmm. it's because it was from santa barbara
0: mm-hmm.
1: um but yes you're right but as far as like if i'm looking at region by region i'm gonna you know go to uh pino from oregon but
0: That will lamb it, damn it.
1: Yeah, I that's not something I would have expected to be drinking back in the day. Um, you know, so like, yeah, I've moved like red wise, my tastes have definitely matured. I do like French wine, find myself kind of drinking a little more of that, but you know, I've also kind of recently been exploring Italian wine a little more, which I wouldn't have expected as well. Yeah, you know, that Lunadora was surprised
0: like that was really good. And I was very surprised. I because was uh, too. I, I think that that is a really good point. I mean, the, for sure, the Riesling thing, I think the white wines in general for me, mm-hmm. it, it and I'll, I'll tell you, it was surprising because on Easter, when we were Zooming our family, I was drinking a Riesling and they're like, what are you drinking? And lemonade. And I was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm drinking a Riesling. It is something that's refreshing and that's good. And I think for white wines, I just never really knew what to look for or how to find like one that I would even remotely enjoy. And that's I not think that's too that sweet. That's, that's not too sweet you're and you're worried it's not, about like yeah. over oaked. Oh my God. So I'll say I think that learning how to find a wine that I a white wine that I like has been a huge step for me in terms of growth about white you know, wine drinking. But the other thing too is that, you know, not looking for the super sweet, but um, You know, I still don't love super sweet wines, but I think that I have a better appreciation for certain types of sweet wines, like like dessert wines. Not so much ice wine, totally, but um, like sauterne. Oh my god, port. like that is some port. Mm-hmm. Two two more dessert slash fortified wines that I never ever would have touched because I would be like, oh my god, too much sugar. I just can't deal with it. But it, it, when you, I think learning the process and then also having gone through these tastings like it made me enjoy it yeah going to your white wine thing like i never thought for a hundredth
1: episode we'd be choosing a sauvignon blanc a right? wine? <laughs> i know right especially sauvignon blanc like that's just it was never in my wheelhouse but this is i mean delicious but they talk about this when sommeliers are learning to they tend to sommeliers. like the they tend to like the underdog their palettes get a little bit sometimes tired of the big and bold and then yeah. they go towards more of like the refreshing. And I think that sometimes happens as we, you know. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I I still prefer red, but there's days where I'm like, I could use a white. And I also think that's why we've gotten away from those big, bold reds and kind of have started into some of the like more savory reds and like, yeah. you know, or, or, or less oak. I definitely think that's how my palate has changed too, is I'm more sensitive to oak Than I used to be. Now, if there's even a tad
0: bit of too much oak, I like don't want to drink it. I think it's easier for us to tell if it seems over-oaked. We're a bit more sensitive to it. But yeah, I think that, I think you're right. I think that, you know, cab is such a heavy, deep, like it's, it can be in your face and I'm not knocking it. I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I still like, I still like good cab, but but certainly, I mean, I think like Syrah is probably like, that is another deep and dark one, but it's Mm -hmm. different. You know, it's, it's an appreciation for having something that's off the beaten path a little bit. I know Syrah is like having a bit of a, an oomph, I think uh, in, in the winemaking industries or Shiraz, whatever you want to call it, uh, wherever you get it. But you know, I think that uh, people often hear a lot about Napa Cab and Willamette Pinot and Washington Syrah, and they all have certainly made a name for themselves, but there are so many other grapes. Merlot is one that I, I really do enjoy. I know that's still not everyone's cup of tea, but that is a grape that I, I certainly will pop. So I will give you the underdogs that you know are some of my faves.
1: Yeah. Are Zin and oh, Grenache. Yeah. Yeah, you um, do like a good grenache. I do. I like a good grenache. So, um, yeah, I think, and I think those are both underdogs. Um, and you know, I think the reason I like Chateau Nip to Pop so much is because it's grenache based, grenache heavy. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite wines, I would say my favorite daily drinking wines that we've never featured is actually hundred percent Mavetra. Oh my God, California. Girl, I know.
0: You know which one I'm talking about. I do know which one you're talking about. I love that wine. I don't know what it is. Which it's is just funny because so your husband loves the Movedra based uh, French wine. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and actually, yeah. you know what? I think Karen McNeil on her, um, she did an a Instagram live tasting the other day, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and she did one on the Rhone Valley. Mm-hmm. And she actually talked about Chateau Neuf de Pop, and I think. Um, the one that she was drinking was actually move heavy. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I can't remember which one it was. If I'm sure she posted a picture or a list or something, but, um, but yeah. So, okay. So, okay. It makes me feel good that like, we both like feel like this, like we've grown. Yeah. Not sure. just aged personally <laughs> with years around the sun, but our, our, our sense of wine has aged, and you know we've matured as wine drinkers. <laughs> you too definitely heaps, can mature yes, um, what were some of the wines that you were so like that you were most reluctant to drink on our past um, episodes and if you if you can name the episode number, that would be great.
1: okay, so let me think back here. Um, so what was I reluctant to drink? I feel like. I was very reluctant to drink anything Spanish <laughs> <laughs> because I, hear you. I I just you know and, and I I've, garnacha, we yes so, and I I've had a couple decent um, garnachas the pat like recently. I think my mind hasn't been changing in terms of Chile, uh huh. But I may. Give Spain a little more of a chance, um, Ooh. but I think oh the only good luck I've had has been garnachas. Okay, I haven't really. There's not been a Rioja that's that's won me over yet. See, and um, I just had a
0: this. Okay, so this would be one that might be polarizing for us because I recently had a Rioja Crianza Rioja that was I actually enjoyed, and I am gonna purchase another one. Okay, I I'm gonna might go. have to try it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So.
1: Episode sixty two, okay. we had Gerbera Garnacha, and we were talking about eye creams. Oh yes, yes, and that we gave it a three point five. That was surprising to me. I wasn't expecting to like it at all. And I remember it being wasn't cheap. it like
0: a ten dollar bottle? It was a cheap bottle of wine. Yes. It was on like the deals shelf. It was it's a very could have gone south pretty quick. I mean,
1: it was a Spanish wine that was ten dollars. I was like, I'm gonna hate this. I mean, <laughs> I really was feeling like this is not gonna be good. And it was actually pleasant. So yeah, that would be one of my big surprises. What about you?
0: Certainly something that I was like really reluctant to try was the cupcake Moscato. I know I specifically looked for the Moscato simply so that we could do a Moscato because we hadn't and I doubted that we would ever Mm -hmm. have a reason to in the future. That was the episode with my sister Um, Yes, it's 63. Ah, one after the other. Uh, I still don't like Muscat, (laughs) but I drank it. I even think I had like a bit of a second pour, a small, small amount. But that is one where it's, again, the sugar is like, it's not the type of, you know, residual sugar in a wine that I like. So Mm -hmm. that was when I was really reluctant. I was also reluctant with those ice wines. But that was a pleasant surprise because – was it the Vidal Blanc that we did not like, but we like? We both liked the Cabernet Franc. Yeah, I remember we were like, "Oh, this is actually good." You know, anytime that we've featured a Chardonnay, I've been reluctant, except with, except for the Chateau Montalena one when we did Bottle Shock, and that was that was episode twenty six. Um, that I figured would be good because it won the freaking Judgment of Paris tasting. So yeah. it's like, well, they, they can't go wrong. If they messed up their name now, like, <laughs> they're stupid. Uh, speaking of Chardonnay, let's talk about a lesson, lesson learned. learned.
1: Jesus. So mm. I, I forgot <laughs> about a Chardonnay that I had, which is hilarious because I moved it. I moved it, I moved it like multiple times, like multiple. what is wrong with me? you know, so anyways, uh, I had a Chardonnay from Kendall jackson um episode fifty four It was two thousand eleven. It was eight years old, and we drank it, and it was not. I mean it had gone south, so we had learned that chardonnay oh, it was bad, you cannot age it that long, like I think. Reason. Not that, not
0: that one. You cannot age no, the avant that one, one.
1: Not the avant one. Yes, yeah. there is there is some other ones that he makes that are more suitable for aging, but definitely not the one that I bought in 2011. Coming out like with not that much money, I definitely wasn't spending uh however much he charges for the chardonnays that you can age well. Yeah, no, it's not it.
0: Mm-mm. This was not so. It, no.
1: it was a lesson on make sure that you know how long you can age something before you put it away on your shelf for forever and then forget about it and then it's a waste of wine
0: can i can i give a tip yes okay so now that this is very that this situation that you just described was very yeah. unique and specific there are recommendations for wines like for how long you can age things but that doesn't mean that there aren't exceptions to that rule so to speak That's true. so there might be wines like you, could age a, you can age a Riesling supposedly for like 20 years. Yeah, I don't know which ones those would be. And it's certainly not one that you would just buy for $8. Like Kung Fu Girl Riesling, a great I Riesling, not, by the way. But you'd never age that. that you'd no. buy that and you're going to drink that tonight or next weekend with your best friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also a really good and surprising wine. What I was going to say is what I recently did um, is look at Wine Enthusiast Magazine. So winemag.com you can look up a vintage chart every year. There's a new vintage chart that comes out and they do it by country, but they also do it by sometimes AVAs and sometimes by the grapes and so, or the varietals. And so like I just went on and I could find if you should drink a 2014 Pinot Noir from Willamette oh, now or if you should nice. hang on to it. And it will also tell you like when they think like it still might be good. It may have passed its peak. So definitely want to drink it soon. That I think has been really helpful because, you know, I have, I have wines, but sometimes it's like, I never really know what to open. And if I were a little bit more calculated or methodical about what I open, I might be able to drink wines in their prime a little bit more frequently. So I think, you know, one thing I was looking at, I can't remember what bottle I was about to open. But I was just checking to see. I was like, should I hang on to this longer? or Should I drink it now? And it was like, drink it now. And I was like, okay, I'm going to drink it now.
1: So Um, I I need to try that because I had a Barolo that I almost
0: opened. (gasps) No, actually Barolo you can hang on to.
1: Yeah. And then I I almost opened it and then I was like looking it up and I'm like, oh, it tells me 2022 is the earliest I should drink it. I got to keep this one down. You know,
0: I actually have years written on some of my tags. Oh, so do I.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I need to, I need to check that out for sure.
0: So I don't know. I mean, I don't know if our listeners are like into wine like that or are slowly starting maybe a tiny collection. It doesn't have to be big. Like if it's just like a couple bottles that you're like really interested in and it's, you know, it's brand new release, but you want to sit it, like hold on to it for a little bit, maybe to prevent what Sarah did, (laughs) you just add a little note or use a, a Sharpie marker like I have like the silver Sharpie marker and I write on bottles all the time. And I can, you can just say like, drink in 20, drink 2022 or drink 2024 yeah. or something. It's sort of the whole thing. Like if you do purchase wines and you do say, oh, I'm going to save this for a special occasion, you do run the risk of maybe judging too harshly. Like what is a special enough occasion to drink that wine? And I think, you know, we, that might be, this might be a bit, a better way to do it, to make sure that you drink it at its best so that you're saving something forever and drink it. And it's like disgusting.
1: Yeah. Like what happened to
0: us? Yeah. Yeah. It was like what
1: rotten bananas. I can't remember.
0: It was, it was rotten banana bread.
1: Yeah. That's what it was. Yep. So, Um, so what are some of your favorite wines that we've had?
0: We oh, want a, list
1: a couple. I mean, Gambazin, we know that we love Gamba's it. In, um, Table I've for got, Four. I've got like Jessup. four bottles of that, by the way. <laughs> Do you? Just Just table, a table for four. four. Yeah. That was
0: episode 59. Handprint Meekers, Handprint Merlot. That was really good. Um, that was episode 14, I believe. I also, I'm sorry, I know that you, and you know, this whole like sparkling, non sparkling situation. Yeah. I have to go with the Bollinger. Um, that's fine like that to me I really did like it it was episode 33 it's super delicious coming from you a know I have you. one you have a Bollinger I do why I don't someone gave it to us <laughs> well you'll have to do a because you do a little bubbly a little bubbly on New Year's
1: yeah I'll have a uh, you know and even like a wedding or something I'm okay with like
0: Half a glass, maybe a full glass, but like I'm done after that. I'm I'm always that person that's like, Oh, you're not going to finish yours? Can I have it? Yeah. And I'm always like, Jamie, you want the rest of this? (laughs) Yes. I gotta move on. (laughs) Every time I'm at a wedding, if they have champagne or something, I'm just like, That glass is not fully drunk yet. I feel like I need to consume it because A, I now know the cost of having champagne toast at a wedding. And B, I'm just like, I love champagne. Like I would drink it all the time yeah anyway so, what about you what are some of your other favorites besides Ed's? um
1: okay yeah so tribute <laughs> to grace Grenache. Mm-hmm. that was really good episode 21 i really enjoyed that um what else did i enjoy oh Kif and kin was really good mm. and i actually do have a bottle of it um i i like that very much um and we
0: actually went we went well we went to round pond when we were in napa yeah, so that was that was actually really fun too because we went for that spring release.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a really good time. We had a lot of fun. I think we drank a little much that day. <laughs> we made <laughs> we made some new friends. I know. After and then we went somewhere <laughs> else, and I was like, I don't even know what anything tastes like anymore. It's just all blending together. Yeah. Oh, good fun. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun though. We did have a lot of fun. Um, Do you remember?
0: Sorry, do you remember Bonnie who
1: signed my cast? Oh, my God, I loved her. <laughs> she was like maybe
0: 60 or 70, and oh, she comes she was and like she's 80, like,
1: 80. I feel like
0: <laughs> she was special. But she, she goes, They were retired. Yeah. And I remember she was like, "I want to sign your cast." And she's like, "I'm Bonnie. I like weed and wine." I remember that, and I was like, this is this is so amazing. We were like the youngest people at that party. This Which is was true. hilarious. It's a 100 percent true.
1: I feel like that doesn't happen anymore, but we were definitely like the youngest. I was like, "Um, all right, here we go. So if you go to Round Pond, it is also Beautiful Grounds. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kith and Kin is episode 18. Okay. Okay. I also really enjoyed
0: Hush, Chet and Blanc. Oh, yes. Which was our Thanksgiving episode. And that was only this past Thanksgiving episode. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's only like thirteen dollars. I remember Yeah. Is it really in- that's it? Why did I feel like it was like twenty something?
1: Oh. No, no, no. Okay. It's like
0: thirteen dollars. I know my parents bought it and my in-laws bought it just because we talked about it on the episode and they love it. Yeah,
1: and I I was surprised. Because Shannon Blanc is not something I would I would necessarily like
0: go for. Right. Um let's see what else. I... Uh, well, what about your favorite guests? Like, do you have any
1: favorite yeah. guests we've had? Uh, so I remember our first guest being, you know, Chip Forsyth from Reckless Love. I think Very that that memorable. Was very memorable and a lot of fun. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Uh, we had my friend Christina for, um, to oh. talk about numerology and I, I had a lot of fun with that. That was that was a good time to learn kind of about our numerology and things. Like it
0: was that. very cool. What about you? I really enjoyed Casey Stringer.
1: Yes, and his wines. I was going to say, out of like some of our top wines we've drank, I definitely think his, his Syrah is so good.
0: This is gonna. He's not paying us. He's not a sponsor. He's not anything. I think that Stringer is like. They're some of my favorite wines, and all around they are really exceptional. They, he has mm-hmm. Chardonnays that I really like. Uh, I liked the Rosé that we had had back then. I haven't had it since that vintage, but- The Rosé is, yes, right, right. is good, and I'm um, not a huge Rosé fan, but yeah, the Rosé is good. And his Chardonnay his tabs, I was His Syrahs. His, his, his he has so many now. Yes, He's working with saras. so many different vineyard sites, and it's just expanding. And I, I love that it's a local guy, but the other reason why he was one of my favorite guests is because we didn't even have episodes published yet when you first started talking to him. When you were first getting yeah. contact to him, and he invited us out, and we had an on-site interview and tasting with him. I think it was like episode nine or eight or something. Yeah, Some early on. We were so new to it, and he—it's not like he treated us these noobs who just had no idea what they were doing. He was so welcoming and just he's such a wonderful human in general um, and his family is great. But he was one of my favorite guests because I think he was just very real and, you know, told the truth. Didn't like add the fluff or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I
1: agree. Awesome. And he is doing free shipping right now during COVID. So do it. You want to try some of his wine. I did order a couple bottles. I didn't order his Pinot Noir and I'm kind of hitting myself now that Uh I didn't. Because that's um, new this year. Because that's new this year. So I didn't try that. But I did order, uh, you know, his Syrah is his just like always good. So Did you do the um, Harrison
0: Clark or the the Alder Springs?
1: You know, I don't remember. I got to look. Um, but I still do have one of his Chardonnays, I think, from
0: last year. I've got a few of his Cabernets, too, at my parents that are just, they're cellaring. Yeah. They're waiting. So just to talk about rosé real quick,
1: because we mentioned oh, it. yeah. So funny enough, a couple of my favorite wines have been rosés, and that's uh, Utopia. The Pinot oh my Noir god, Rose. so good! <laughs> so good. So I actually went on their website today, uh, not today. I'm sorry, a few days ago, to see if they had it. And um, no, they don't. I they went don't on like a it. week
0: ago, actually. to oh see. Oh my god, that's so funny! Isn't that funny.
1: See, great minds think alike. Yeah. They Don't have it, so I was a little bit like, oh, that's a bummer. Um, yeah, but also the other rose that I have I have grown to love is you Batis know what? Rose. I think
0: oh, Batich is really good. That's a Slovenian one, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah, that one is and it comes in a cool shaped bottle, but the bottle is beautiful, yes. It's that like, one it's, was really surprising too because the yes. color was if i remember cuz i don't have one but it was a I little do. more salmony than pinky yeah right? it
1: is a dark it's darker but it's like a dark salmon um and it is a beautiful bottle that you could sit out on a table and it, it could just be like a pretty decoration honestly yeah but it tastes so good and like it's a rosé that like i will consistently seek out if i'm going to get a rosé that i have access to Right. I would buy the Utopia one, but like that's another unicorn that we didn't name a unicorn, but it's kind of like out there in the unicorn world. Of yeah, this. I
0: think we were too nervous. There was a period in time where we were like, "How high should we go on these ratings?" And yeah. it was like, we don't want to like I, I was just we don't want to blow our load. Like before, like we, we're like too <laughs> into it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, call something a five with, and then we're just like, wait, shit! But this one is actually a five. So like, yeah. What? Yeah, but we did We did ultimately introduce the, the half ratings, like the two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half quarts, which yeah. weren't part of, I think, our first maybe 30 episodes or maybe first year. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think Utopia easily
1: could have been another unicorn. So we talked about disappointments, but anything that, like, you were expecting to be amazing and that it wasn't good?
0: I mean, I figured the Bonanza wine that we had, yeah. like, a year ago with our first anniversary episode, I thought that that – or Napa episode. Because it's a Wagner wine, yeah. It's a Wagner family, yeah. I was really, <laughs> it was we not, didn't officially yeah. rate it. No. And actually, so Sarah, I think we were talking before, like we're not quite sure why we didn't rate it, if it was just that bad or if we just decided like. I think we, we were, were talking wrong. about so
1: many wines. And yeah, we were like, we were like in our Napa trip. We've been drinking so much. We just didn't have the, I think we were like, we're, we're so, we cannot right. rate this. Like,
0: and yeah, yeah. and I, I think that's true. And I think we had it. So we ordered it when we were out to dinner. Yeah. And we took the rest of the bottle home back to the hotel with us when we recorded the episode. It, it's a non vintage. So I was like, Ew. like, what does that <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> not, not <to laughs> say that there are non vintage yeah. wines, both still and sparkling that are not good. It it threw us off because we were like, wait, what? There's no this is not vintage? How Mm -hmm. do we know how old this thing is? Like what? Yeah. There was that and then I remember they opened it and we were like, uh, this should be way better to have a Wagner. It really
1: exactly. I know it's one of their lower level ones, but it just it shouldn't be that low. No. (laughs) No. We still Mm -hmm. drank it.
0: So it wasn't quite as bad as, say, Sassy Lady.
1: No, no, I mean, it wasn't a one, but it was probably a two, two and a half at the most. Two at the most. (laughs) Jamie's like
0: two at the most. Yeah, no. Sorry, that's that's harsh, but man. But you know, you for
1: disappointments. This wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. And that was Ridge. Oh, yeah. I just, I know it was one of their lower level bottles, but it's a rich. I was expecting it to be, we rated it a three. I was expecting it to be at least a three and a half. Yeah. Like something that I, like for that price point and for that name, I was expecting it to be like something that, you know, okay, it's not going to blow me out of the water, but I'm really going to enjoy this.
0: I just know? came up with an idea. Okay. Once this whole thing is over, we should do a blind tasting of a few different wines that we've already featured and we should re-rate them, not knowing what they are. Because my whole thing about Ridge is that I think you're right, but what you led into was that, you know, if it was, because it's Ridge, I expected it to be better, even though it was lower. And it's like, okay, so what's that perception of it? being rich like does that mean that you went into it with greater expectations than say bonanza you know not bonanza that's a bad example um let's just say Uh, storm point storm Storm point Point.
1: i i was not thinking that that was going to be a great wine storm point red blend from south africa and it was
0: it was really good yeah I mean, I think that if we, if we did something like that, it would give us an opportunity to just reevaluate it without any preconceived notions, because I think you're right. Like Ridge, it's so well-respected. We had just, we drank it with our Psalm three after we went to go see it at the premiere in Chicago. Like it was like hyped up. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, it, we could have been, our opinions could have been skewed, you know? This is true. This is true.
1: Yeah, I would. I'd would be down for that blind tasting. Yeah, just don't give me any ones or twos, please, and we'll be okay. Yeah, at least no, ones. That's true. I mean, like, I can't.
0: No ones. We could go two and a half and above. How that? Fine. Deal. Okay. All right. I mean, we should probably close this up, but do you have anything else, any favorite like episode topic that we covered?
1: Oh my gosh. I don't know. I feel like there's so much we've talked about that I've had fun with. You know, it's hard to say if I have a favorite topic. I I think I like everything. Not, I mean, definitely there's been ones that I've enjoyed a little bit more than others, but it's hard to like pick a favorite. It's like picking your out of your kids. Like you, just, you I mean just out of can't. a out of hundred children, how can I pick?
0: But secretly, you know, you have a favorite. No, um, <laughs> we talked I, about
1: that actually. Remember, we did.
0: We did the yeah. sibling effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I think my favorite episodes are the ones where we like. I do love when we have guests. I think that's always fun. Yeah. Um I do like that we have covered some you know more serious topics, but I think probably my favorite ones my favorite episodes are those where it's like more lighthearted and and whatnot yeah, you know, like the the under the knife one was kind of fun to do. the eye cream one was really fun to do. the eye cream was fun surprisingly, yes, yeah. yes, I agree so you know i but I think i one of the things that I enjoy most and hopefully our our listeners do too is that. We are kind of trying to run a spectrum of topics and, you know, like get a little serious sometimes, get a little, get a little jokesy get a little whimsy, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, um, you know, have fun with it, but also kind of learn something and talk about, you know, important things that we should probably know about sometimes. So,
1: yeah. It's kind of funny to me that we did talk about germs in the Mile High Germ Club. Oh my God. <laughs> that aired November 15th of 2019. And now look at the germ world we're living in now. Don't even. But yes, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And yeah, we would love to hear from our listeners. If you, what you guys think some of your fave episodes, or if you've tried any of the wines that we've drank and you really oh, yeah. like them, or if you don't like them, or you agree, you agree disagree. with our ratings. Yeah. So uh, we are going to be hopefully coming to you in some uh, tastings, video recordings. We're, we're, we're going to figure out a way to, to do that. And, um, yeah, we'll see where, where 101 takes us.
0: 101, 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, oh my god! Should we do a Disney one?
1: <laughs> oh, we should. We should totally do a Disney one. I love okay. Disney movies. Okay, yeah. <gasps> oh! All right, done, done. Okay. So let's, let's go back to our delicious wine. Okay. I got to say, I feel like this has opened up a
0: tiny bit. I don't know what you think. Uh, it's also warmed up a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't have it too cold. I did get a little more, and I don't really love apricot, but, like, um, I did get a little more, like, apricot on the flavor. But okay. I, like, I think I don't like apricot because I don't like the texture of it. Like, eating the actual fruit. Okay. Like, the dried um, I get...
1: I do get that, like, candied lemon. Um, oh, it wow. is it is creamier than I would expect for a Sauvignon Blanc. I expect a Sauvignon Blanc to be a little crisper. I think this is a little creamier, and I think that might be the age.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, and I was just going to say, too, about the acidity. Like, the acidity level is actually... Although I'm on the, the lingering taste, the lingering flavor in my mouth, like it, you do feel it like in the back of your tongue mm-hmm. a little bit more. But when you drink it, it, the acidity is not as high as I would expect. And so for me, that lemon, it, it hits later. I think you're right. I think the creaminess, so that would come from like the lees and the oak aging, as well as the age itself um, would kind of like smooth it all out. Do you get a little leashy in here? Mm, I don't think so. You mean like the Gewürztraminer style? Mm,
1: I'm getting some sort maybe it's floral that I'm getting, not liché, Leashy, whatever. Just a tiny bit, a tad,
0: like as I keep drinking it, not very um, – Like I would say honeysuckle, but I feel like it's not full-on honeysuckle. No, I don't think make it is full-on honeysuckle,
1: but yes, but I, I understand. I what you're understand
0: what you are saying too. Yeah. This I, is it, certainly refreshing.
1: It is. It is. I feel like I need to pop it back in the fridge though for a little bit.
0: Yeah, um, I, that's one thing about white wines. I think I maybe that's why I didn't like them for so long is that I never chilled them. Yeah. And now that I know to do that, I like I have to have them chilled to drink them. Oh but yeah. They're just I think they're so they're good. <laughs>
1: this is this, this is, is my good. Thing. Yeah. I'm I'm loving it. Well.
0: But anything
1: I said, else? I said, Anything else for our 100th episode? No, Jamie. Just cheers to you, friend, for yeah. sticking it out with me. No, cheers <laughs> to you for sticking it out with me. And I'm so happy to have shared 100 wines and 100 episodes. and 100 more plus. Than 100, I was going to say more than 100 wines with you. And Some of
0: them we have did too. This, this is true. Yeah.
1: So, and I look forward to sharing another 100 or another so. Another
0: 100 plus. Plus. All right, guys, DB peeps. Thanks for tuning in for episode 100 of yeah. Centennial and we will check you at 101. See cheers. you guys. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform to help spread the DBP word. Check out our website and blog at dbpcheers.com, And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at DBP Cheers or on the Drunk Bitches Podcast Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you, so send your questions, comments,
1: and fun wine or topic ideas to dvpcheers at gmail.com. Until next
0: time, cheers from the girls of DBP.